Well, good morning. Welcome to Long Held Baptist Church. If you would, take your hymnals as we turn to 120. Number 120, we'll sing all three verses of Calvary Covers It All. Number 120. Far dearer than all that the world can impart was the message that came to my heart. How that Jesus alone for my sin did atone and Calvary covers it all. Calvary covers it all. My past with its sin and stain, my guilt and despair, Jesus took on him there, and Calvary covers it all. The stripes that he bore, and the thorns that he wore, told his mercy and love evermore. And my heart bowed in shame, as I called on his name, and Calvary covers it all. Calvary covers it all. My past with its sin and stain, my guilt and despair, Jesus took on him there, and Calvary covers it all. How matchless the grace when I looked on the face of this Jesus, my crucified Lord. My redemption complete, I then found at his feet, and Calvary covers it all. Calvary covers it all. My past with its sin and stain, my guilt and despair, Jesus took on him there, and Calvary covers it all. Well, good morning. Welcome to our second Sunday morning worship service online. I'm glad that you've been able to join us this morning. We've been online once already for the Sunday school hour, and I hope you were able to join us. If not, uh, you'll find the Sunday school hour in, on our YouTube channel where you're watching now. So uh, that will be available. If not immediately, it will be available a little bit later on this morning. So we encourage you uh, to take a look at that. I want to thank you again for joining us. I know it's, uh, it's a big change for us to be online versus in person. And also appreciate it's not necessarily an easy thing uh, to be watching, teaching, and preaching online. It's, it's better to be here in person. There's no question about that. But I thank you for uh, bearing with us and being online with us. I have no doubt this morning God will bless us for our faithfulness. Uh, to continue uh, being under teaching and preaching however we can do it. So let's go ahead and open in prayer. We'll sing some more. Uh, if you don't have a hymnal, well, in the future, we're going to try to get you the songs ahead of time so that you'll be, uh, you can be a little bit more prepared to sing along with us. We encourage you to do that at home. Uh, let's go ahead and bow our heads. We'll open in prayer. Father, we thank you this morning uh, for the technology that you have made possible. Uh, I thank you this morning for each one who's watching uh, wherever they are this morning. Uh, Lord, thank you so much that we're able to continue uh, as we are now. Lord, we thank you for being a God who is at work in the trial that we're uh, dealing with at the moment. Lord, you're still in control. You're still sovereign. You've not changed. You are 
uh, working your good purposes in this trial. Lord, help us not to lose sight of that. Help us to train our minds on that truth, Lord, and to not be discouraged. Father, I pray that you'll work here now in this service. Be with each one wherever they are. Uh, work in our hearts, Lord. Uh, grow us, build us up in your words. Lord, help us to make changes this morning uh, in your power and your strength that will bring honor and glory to our Savior. Uh, Father, as we sing, I pray that uh, you'd help us to, to do just that, to sing wherever we are, and, uh, to sing of you and to you, and to do that with joy this morning. Lord, I love you. I thank you. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to take our hymn books now as we turn to number 628. Number 628, we'll sing My Savior's Love, the first, second, and last of number 628, My Savior's Love. I stand amazed in the presence, Jesus the Nazarene, and wonder how he could love me, a sinner condemned unclean. How marvelous, how wonderful, and my song shall ever be. How marvelous, how wonderful is my Savior's love for me. For me it was in the garden, he prayed not my will but thine. He had no tears for his own grief, but sweat drops of love for mine. How marvelous, how wonderful, then my song shall ever be. How marvelous, how wonderful is my Savior's love for me. And the last, when with the ransomed in glory, his face I at last shall see. T'will be my joy through the ages to sing of his love for me. How marvelous, how wonderful, and my song shall ever be. How marvelous, how wonderful is my Savior's love for me. And we're going to go right into our next song, which will be number 504. Number 504, we'll sing Count Your Blessings, the first, second, and last of Count Your Blessings, number 504. When upon life's billows you are tempest-tossed, when you are discouraged thinking all is lost, count your many blessings, name them one by one, and it will surprise you what the Lord hath done. Count your blessings, name them one by one. Count your blessings, see what God hath done. Count your blessings, name them one by one. Count your many blessings, see what God hath done. Are you ever burdened with a load of care? Does the cross seem heavy you are called to bear? Count your blessings every doubt will fly and you will be singing as the days go by 
Count your blessings, name them one by one. Count your blessings, see what God had done. Count your blessings, name them one by one. Count your many blessings, see what God had done. And the last, so amid the conflict, whether great or small, do not be discouraged, God is over all. Count your many blessings, angels will attend. Help and comfort give you to your journey's end. Count your blessings, name them one by one. Count your blessings, see what God hath done. Count your blessings, name them one by one. Count your many blessings, see what God hath done. Well, amen. Even in the midst of trials this morning, we still have many blessings. Do you have blessings this morning? Uh, you can say amen right at home. Uh, I trust that uh, you are focusing on God's blessings, uh, even in the midst of the trial that we're dealing with right now. Just before we opened this morning, uh, here at the church, the skies just opened and the rain came down. Of course, we understand that April showers, it's not quite April, but it will be soon. April showers bring May flowers. And uh, we praise God this morning for the blessing of the rain. I want to ask you this morning to take your Bible, please, and turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 12. Uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 12 this morning. Uh, give you a moment to turn there and just give you a little bit of introduction as you are turning there. Uh, I want to encourage you this morning, treat our online uh, service time just like you were here. Have your Bible out, have it ready, uh, have your notepad out, be, be ready to take some notes. Uh, try to eliminate distractions as much as possible. I know it's hard, uh, but we'll get through it together. We'll get through it in God's strength. Say amen uh, at home this morning. Uh, so this morning we're in 2 Corinthians chapter 12. Um, we'll read it in a moment, but just a, a little bit of introduction. Um, we recognize, we all recognize this morning that uh, our nation and our church uh, no doubt is being humbled uh, this morning. Uh, depending on who you are, depending on where you are, either by afflictions, uh, new or old, uh, or, and or the threat of affliction. Uh, the threat of affliction is all around us, and that is a humbling thing. There's no, there's no doubt about that. It, uh, no doubt that's a humbling thing. And so it is fitting this morning that we come uh, in our study through 2 Corinthians uh, to chapter 12. And uh, it's a wonderfully fitting chapter in that this is the chapter where we see Paul's wonderful humility despite the tremendous spiritual privileges that he had. Uh, we see in this chapter, this is where we see God used affliction. He used a, a, a trial of health, a health problem uh, to humble Paul and or to keep Paul humble. So we understand this morning, God has various purposes for trials of afflictions, illnesses. Uh, humbling us under him uh, is one of them. Uh, it's in this chapter we see that that's Paul's testimony. Uh, he testifies uh, to all of this. Uh, Paul had experienced great privileges. Uh, as we saw in our 10 o'clock hour this morning, 
Uh, Paul had been privileged to be called of God to go and plant churches. Any successfully planted churches, none were perfect. Just like our church, we are not perfect. Uh, but Paul had the privilege to plant churches. Uh, he had the privilege to be used of God to uh, pen down uh, a great uh, portion of the New Testament. Uh, we'll see in our passage this morning that Paul had the privilege to be uh, whisked off to heaven, uh, a vision perhaps. Uh, what an amazing privilege, certainly not something we should expect today, uh, but an amazing privilege that he had. There must have been a temptation in Paul's heart uh, to get prideful about that. Look at me. Look at, look at how God has used me. Look at all the ways that God has used me uh, in ministry. I must be special. Well, special only because God had called him and God had used him as God saw fit. Uh, God also saw fit to gloriously and graciously humble Paul so that he did not uh, give in to the temptation to take the credit for himself, but rather continued to give all of the credit to God. So this morning we'll see uh, that God uh, humbles Paul uh, greatly. He uses a, an affliction to do that. If you are currently experiencing afflictions, illnesses, uh, physical trials, as many in our church are, we, we can be thankful this morning that one of God's purposes that we'll see today is to keep us humble before God, to not let us get puffed up uh, sinfully. Uh, we'll see that. Take your Bible with me. I want to read uh, 11 verses this morning. Not, not too much, but we'll, uh, let's read um, the first 11 verses of chapter 12 uh, here in 2 Corinthians. So uh, here Paul is writing uh, under inspiration. These are the words given by the Spirit of God to Paul who writes them down and passes them along to the church at Corinth. God supernaturally has preserved them because they're for our church as well. Uh, see here this morning, uh, 2 Corinthians 12, beginning in verse 1. Paul uh, continues now. He says, It is not expedient for me, doubtless, to glory, to brag. He says, I will come to visions and revelations of the Lord. He says this, and, and we'll talk about this. He's evidently referring to himself. He says, I knew a man in Christ uh, above 14 years ago, uh, speaking of himself in the third person. This is very humble. Uh, I knew a man in Christ above 14 years ago, uh, whether in the body I cannot tell or whether out of the body I cannot tell. God knoweth such an one caught up to the third heaven. So we have the first heaven, that's the place where the birds fly, the second heaven where the sun, moon, and stars are, and third heaven where the throne room of God is. That's the heaven that we think of as heaven. Uh, this is, uh, Paul was temporarily caught up to that place. Let's see here in verse three, he says, I knew such a man, whether in, or in the body or out of the body, he reiterates, I cannot tell, God knoweth. God knows all things, he's omniscient. That's the meaning of that word. Verse four, he continues, how that uh, he was caught up into paradise, think that word's being used as a reference to heaven here, uh, and heard unspeakable words, which it is not lawful for a man to utter. Of such an one will I glory, yet of myself I will not glory, uh, but in mine infirmities. He will glory only in his infirmities, not in his privileges. For though I would desire to glory, I shall not be a fool, Paul says in verse 6. He continues there, for I will say the truth, but now I forbear, lest any man should think of me above that which he seeth me to be, or that 
uh, he heareth of me. Verse 7, he says, And lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations, there were given to me a thorn. There was given to me a thorn in the flesh, some kind of affliction. The messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be, lest I should be exalted above measure. He says in verse 8, For this thing I besought the Lord thrice, three times, that it might depart from me. And he said unto me, the Lord said to Paul, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Paul says, Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. He says in verse 10, Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities. Imagine that. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in persecutions, in distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then am I strong. He says in verse 11, and we'll stop here, I have become a fool. I am become a fool in glorying. Ye have compelled me, for I ought to have been compelled of you, commended of you, for I ought to have been commended of you, for in nothing am I behind the very chiefest apostles, though I be nothing. Paul's wonderful humility this morning. Paul's wonderful humility this morning. Uh, let's stop there and pray. And I encourage you to bow your head and pray with us wherever you are this morning. Father, thank you this morning for this wonderful example, uh, Paul's godly example, his Christ-like example of great humility despite having been used greatly by you. Lord, no doubt we, all of us, are tempted to get puffed up, to get prideful, to take credit for what you have done in our lives and what you have done through us in the ministries into which you have placed us. Lord, we are a prideful people. Father, I confess that this morning. I am tempted to pride. Father, we see here this morning, and I thank you this morning that we can see that you have various ways of humbling people. You have ways of humbling churches. You have ways of humbling nations. Lord, affliction is one of those things. And I pray this morning that as we examine Paul's example, that we would be instructed by it, that we would be encouraged by it. Lord, if we're sick this morning or struggling with some disability, or Lord, if uh, you would allow uh, one or more of us to become infected uh, with the coronavirus and to develop COVID-19. Uh, Lord, that we would understand that you have purposes. It's not that you're not in control. It's that you have purposes in that. Lord, I do pray that you would protect our people. I pray that you would uh, protect us from this pandemic. Uh, Lord, I pray if you see fit that not a single person in our church would become infected. But Lord, if we do, I pray that we would understand that you have good, godly, loving purposes. And that, Lord, we would not, we would not respond with anger or wondering why, uh, that we would simply humble ourselves before you and respond as Paul does here this morning. Teach us now, Lord, from your words, I pray in Jesus' name. 
Uh, amen. Let's just jump right back in here this morning and, and, and keep moving. Uh, see this number this morning. Number one, I mean to say this morning, it's too bad that we can't easily edit that out of the video. I guess we have that technology. But number one this morning, please see with me, Paul remained humble despite all the spiritual privileges that he knew. We've said that already this morning, but I want you to see here again, uh, he, he remained humble despite uh, the privileges that, that he knew uh, as a man who had been called by God into great service for God. Let's look at verse 1 with me again. So again, we're in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1. Paul says, it's not expedient, it's not profitable uh, for me to glory, for me, Dallas, to glory. The word glory there in context has the idea of boasting. There would be no real value, no, no profit to me spiritually, uh, nothing to, for, for me to be gained uh, in a Christ-honoring manner, at least, uh, for me to glory or boast. He says this, I will come to visions and revelations of the Lord. Uh, despite the fact that he's had tremendous spiritual privileges, it would not be useful or profitable to the Lord if he were to boast, look at me, uh, look at what I have experienced, look at what I have accomplished. Uh, he's, he's been humbled despite, despite his great uh, usefulness to the Lord, despite how God has used him. Well, we'll see this under number one, we call this letter A perhaps. Uh, his privileges included even being temporarily caught up to heaven. Uh, I don't think any of us have been temporarily caught up to heaven. Certainly this is not uh, something that we should expect to experience today. Uh, but Paul, in his day, uh, the apostle that he was, used of God supernaturally as he was, uh, Paul had this experience. Look, look again at verse 2. He, and, and again, don't miss the humility of how he conveys this to us. He doesn't say, uh, hey, you know, I, I've had this uh, opportunity even to be caught up to heaven temporarily uh, to meet with the Lord there. Uh, he doesn't even portray himself necessarily as being the person. He says, I knew a man. Uh, I knew a man, he's using the third person in a wonderfully humble sense. Uh, hey, I, I, I knew a man uh, in Christ, a believer, uh, about 14 years ago, uh, probably around the time that he was uh, stoned, uh, that he had been beaten at Lystra. Now, this morning in our 10 o'clock hour, we, we made reference to back, back to when Paul had been beaten and imprisoned at Philippi. Well, that wasn't the only time or place that happened. Uh, Brother Ray, he had also had been uh, stoned at Lystra, treated very badly, suffered persecution there as well, uh, left as if for dead. Um, and perhaps this is the time. Uh, he had been beaten, uh, perhaps, uh, perhaps his... His, uh, his spirit did come out from his body for a moment. We don't know that. The Bible does not make that clear. Paul, it's not even been made clear to Paul. Uh, but what is clear is that uh, he had this experience of, of having uh, the, the opportunity, the privilege to have been caught up to heaven with the Lord uh, for a moment, at least uh, temporarily. Verse 3 says, I, I knew such a man. Uh, verse 4, uh, how that he was caught up into paradise. Understand in, in Luke 23, paradise is a specific place, uh, the temporary holding place for the Old Testament believer. But I think in this context, uh, he, he may be referring specifically to the third heaven. I think that probably is the case. Uh, how that he was caught up into paradise and heard unspeakable words. He heard things. He had the, 
privilege to hear things that you and I have not had the privilege to hear. Uh, things that were so wonderful and so privileged, verse 4, uh, it was not even lawful. God would not permit him to share those things uh, to write them down, to speak them. Uh, they were so privileged. This was such a great privilege to, to see and hear the things that he saw and heard. He could not share them. God did not permit it. He's the only one uh, who has this opportunity. He had great privileges indeed. There must have been a temptation to boast about that, brother, right? To get prideful about that. Uh, listen, you have this little ministry over here, uh, but I've planted churches and penned down God's words and uh, been greatly used of God and led so many people to Christ. I've even been whisked away to heaven, uh, it, uh, albeit temporarily, but Paul would not boast. He remained wonderfully humble about how God had used him. Look at verse 5. He says, um, of such an one will I glory. Uh, probably referring there to Christ. Christ is the one who died and buried and uh, rose again on the third day as he prophesied and then later on ascended bodily up into heaven and that's where he is today. Uh, he says, in such an one I will glory, yet of myself I will not glory. I will not boast. He would boast of Christ and we should too. You want to boast about somebody, start boasting about Christ. Tell people what Christ has done for you. Tell people how he died on the cross, taking all of your sins upon him. Boast, brag about Christ, and pray, Lord, help me not to brag about myself. Whatever has been accomplished through me and my ministry has been accomplished by you through me in the ministry that you gave to me. Paul says, yet of myself, I will not glory, but, verse 5, middle of verse 5, but or accept, see this, it's very unexpected. He says, in mine infirmities, in my diseases, my sicknesses, my weakness. He says, the only thing I'm gonna glory or boast about is, is the afflictions, the diseases, the sicknesses, the weakness that I've suffered. Paul, that doesn't sound right. That doesn't sound uh, normal. Why would you boast about that? Why would, why would you boast about the, the physical trials that you've suffered. Well, we'll see that. We'll see that here in a moment. Uh, he says to boast about anything else. By the way, the preview, of course, is that he would boast of those things, of his weaknesses, his physical trials only, because he understood that God worked in his physical trials to strengthen him spiritually. In his physical weakness, Paul was strengthened by God spiritually to continue on in the ministry that the Lord had for him. He'd boast about God working in him when he was weak. That's something that he could boast about. But he would not boast about anything else. Uh, look at verse 6. He says, to boast would be foolish. Uh, to bo it would be foolish for him to boast about himself. He's simply a man made by God, called by God, placed into a specific ministry by God, strengthened by God through the indwelling power and presence of the Spirit of God to accomplish those things that God gave him to accomplish. God did it all. To boast about what Paul did, it would be foolish. He said, for verse 6, For though I would desire glory, I shall not be a fool. <laughs> By the way, the first part of that verse is, is wonderfully um, honest. We desire glory. We desire, let's be honest, we desire to boast about ourselves. If, if somebody else won't, won't boast about me, 
I'm tempted to boast about myself. We desire glory. We desire what rightfully belongs to Christ. Uh, of course, that's pride. It's the sin that led Satan to rebel against the Lord. It's the sin that led Satan to uh, encourage Adam and Eve back in the garden in Genesis 3 to rebel against the Lord by disobeying him. It's the reason that we're in so much trouble uh, in the world today. Uh, the desire uh, to be our own gods. Uh, that's, that's really the thing that, that Satan desired. Paul says, for me to boast about anything but my weakness in which God worked, that would be downright foolish. For me to boast about myself is foolish. Uh, for, for, <laughs> let's be honest. Sometimes we, just, we, we boast about ourselves uh, in the most humble ways. Hey, hey would, you, would you pray for me as I do this ministry and that ministry and this ministry and that ministry and this ministry and that? Would, would, would you pray for me as I serve God like nobody else serves God? Uh, sometimes even our prayer requests can be a bit boastful. They could become a vehicle for pride uh, and boastfulness. I'm not saying that we shouldn't request prayer that God would strengthen us and use us in ministry. No, we should, but try your hearts. Test your heart. Am I, is my prayer request being made an opportunity or a vehicle for boasting, or is it a genuine request? Hey, uh, I'm not much apart from God, so would you pray for me that God would work in my ministry and accomplish that which he desires? What a better prayer. Uh, Paul would not boast. That would be foolish. Uh, see, in the next part of verse 6, he says to boast might cause others to think more highly of Paul than they should. He didn't want that. Uh, he says, but now I forbear, uh, lest any man should think of me above that which he seeth me to be, or heareth of me. Uh, he did not want anyone to think that he was more than he actually is. People could look at him and see he wasn't much physically. People would hear, perhaps, that he wasn't much physically. Paul did not want to boast uh, to encourage people to view him as more than he was apart from Christ. He didn't want people to glory in him, but rather to glory in Christ. Praise God. Uh, praise God for his example. So we have his, his remaining humble despite great privileges. I encourage you this morning to uh, pray, God, help me to stay humble. Lord, you may be using this trial in my life right now to humble me, to remind me that I'm not much apart from you. Uh, Lord, Lord, to help me to remember that I am totally dependent on you in every way. Uh, that's okay. Thank God for that. Thank him for that. Don't be angry about whatever trial you may be facing today or tomorrow. Uh, thank the Lord. Uh, James says in, in James 1, count it all joy uh, there. Uh, he was encouraging that when we fall into different kinds of trials, temptations, to, to rejoice knowing that God is working. Uh, he's growing us and humbling us and, and growing our patience. Zach and I uh, pray for patience this morning. Uh, Lord, help us, humble us, grow us uh, in whatever way we deserve. That's Paul's example. Well, we see here, as we've said, number two this morning, and all of that was number one. Forgive me if I did not make that more clear. But in my outline this morning, my second main point is this. The Lord graciously used an affliction to humble Paul. Uh, you, you might say, well, why is that gracious, uh, Pastor? How, how is it gracious? How, how is it gracious that the Lord would 
uh, allow Paul to suffer some physical trial? Why is that gracious? Why is that uh, demonstrating God's favor uh, in Paul's life? Well, it's, it, it is just that because uh, otherwise Paul might have been tempted to be prideful. That would have harmed his testimony. That may have harmed how people uh, viewed Christ. That might have harmed how people viewed Paul. It might have harmed how people viewed Christians. If Paul went around bragging about himself, uh, people would have been tempted to focus on Paul rather than on Christ. And Paul did not desire that. The Lord graciously used an affliction to keep Paul humble so that the focus of his ministry, so that people would see Christ, not Paul. See verse 7, he says, lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of revelations. He's probably referring both to what he heard in heaven as he was there temporarily, as well as uh, the scriptures that God had used him to write down. He says, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet me or to strike me. That word buffet has the idea of striking, uh, to be stricken with an affliction uh, is the idea. He says, lest or so that, uh, uh, lest I should, unless I should be exalted above measure. God used this affliction to humble him, lest he would be exalted, uh, prideful, uh, braggadocious, uh, less people would be tempted to focus more on Paul and Paul's power than upon Christ and Christ's power in Paul's ministry. Let's look at a few words here. Just quickly consider a few things. Uh, this idea of thorn in the flesh, uh, not like one of those big thorns uh, that you see, that you think about when you think of the crown that was placed upon our Savior's head uh, at the cross. Uh, this seems to be a way of, a, of referring to some kind of, of physical affliction. We don't know exactly what this was. There's different theories, uh, maybe an eye problem, maybe something else, but a thorn in the flesh, it's an unspecified physical uh, affliction. Anything, it could, it could have been much of anything. And we have this phrase here, the messenger of Satan. Now, that's very interesting, uh, and it raises a couple of possibilities. It, uh, it could be that this indicates that the Lord allowed Satan to afflict Paul as he had done uh, in the case of Job. Think back to the book of Job for a minute. Uh, we saw God, Satan approached uh, the Lord uh, in heaven um, and uh, asked permission from God to afflict Job. And the Lord allowed that uh, for a very specific spiritual purpose, a good purpose. We can't go into that today. So it could be the same kind of thing here, the Lord allowing Satan to inflict, to inflict Paul. Uh, some physical illness could be the result of spiritual battle. We've, we've seen that in scripture. Uh, or this could be more of a general reference to the fact that illness is present in the world today because of the sin that was committed by Adam and Eve, that sin which was encouraged by Satan. Uh, the serpent came into the garden and, uh, and tempted them, led them into sin. Of course, they had to choose to disobey God. We're not putting it all on, on Satan. Neither should you. Uh, neither should you. You can't say, oh, uh, I was tempted by Satan and the power of that temptation was so great, I had no choice but to give in to the sin. No, that's wrong. Uh, it was wrong for Adam and Eve. It would be wrong for us to say that today as well. Uh, the power of sin is broken at the cross. We have the power of God himself indwelling us. We have everything. We have the words of God. We have everything we need 
uh, to not give into temptation. Uh, so we're, we're without excuse. Um, in any event, uh, we understand that Paul is, the Lord has allowed, uh, he's at least allowed the sin, and Satan may have some direct or indirect involvement here. Uh, in any event, Paul understood that God had a purpose for this illness. Lest I should be exalted above measure, lest I would be prideful, lest people would see me as more than I am apart from Christ, he understood he understood that God had a purpose for the affliction that he suffered at that time. Listen again, get this down, please. You can take this to the bank, uh, but don't do so until the uh, epidemic is over. Uh, you, you can count on this. Uh, God has purposes for this pandemic that he's allowing at this time. He wants the world's attention. He wants to draw believers to him. He wants people to come to Christ. He no doubt wants people to be humbled as they suffer the effects uh, of COVID-19 or, or even suffer the, uh, the, the risk uh, the, the, the likelihood, perhaps, of, of coming down with, with the illness. God desires that his people would be humbled before him. Uh, I don't know which specific purposes God has today, but certainly at least some of that, at least some of that would be consistent with what we see uh, in the word of God. All of that would be consistent with possibilities that we see uh, in God's words. Let's move on. Number three. Number three, we see that Paul has a wonderfully Christ-honoring response to this affliction that God has allowed in his life. Uh, Paul's response is, is Christ-honoring. It's faithful. He doesn't get angry. He, does, he, doesn't, uh, he, he doesn't get angry. He, he gets prayerful. Uh, he gets prayerful. Letter A, Paul prayed. Uh, he prayed for relief from the affliction that God allowed. See this in verse 8. He says, uh, and, and do continue to follow along with me, please. I hope you still have your Bible open. Uh, whatever it is, your, uh, your app, I hope it's paper Bible, that's the best thing, but just have God's word open somehow. Uh, Paul says, uh, the Bible says Paul prayed for relief. He says in verse 8, for this thing, because of this affliction, I besought the Lord, I, I reached out to the Lord, I prayed to the Lord, not once, not twice, but, but that's four, uh, three times, thrice, uh, I besought the Lord thrice. He prayed three times. He prayed and he prayed and he prayed. He continued to pray. Uh, that's a good example for us right there. He could have gotten angry at God. Uh, Job eventually angrily questioned God. And he had to repent of that. I don't see that here in Paul's life. Paul prayed and he prayed and he prayed. Lord, help me to be uh, someone who would pray in response to affliction the way Paul does. He says, for this thing I besought the Lord thrice that it might depart from me. Uh, that's what he prayed. He, he prayed that it, God would take away the affliction. Now, I'm sure it was with a heart that if God saw fit to do that. I'm sure it was with a heart that, uh, Lord, if, if it be your will, take this away. Uh, we'll see in a moment it was not the Lord's will. God had a purpose for it in the moment, and he had an ongoing purpose for allowing that trial uh, to continue. Listen, we'll stop here for a second and just quickly review some things that we saw in our recent Sunday School series where we looked at a biblical response to illness. And 
boy, what a timely thing for God to lay upon uh, uh, my heart to, to preach in our church. Uh, Lord, thank you for doing that. Uh, we saw that there are all kinds of ways that you, you might be tempted to respond to illness, but there's a biblical uh, roadmap given. Uh, James, just write this down. You probably know this, but if you don't write down reference, James 5, uh, beginning in verse 14. James 5, beginning in verse 14. Uh, there the Bible says, is any sick among you? Uh, okay, yes, let him call for the elder, the pastors of the church. Let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. If you're sick, uh, that is the biblical instruction. That's a New Testament verse. We have no reason to doubt that it's, it's for today. Uh, if you're sick, call for the pastor or one of the pastors. In our church, it would be me, the one pastor. Uh, let them pray, uh, anointing with oil in the name of the Lord. That's uh, a, a picture of the Holy Spirit working, anointing with oil. There's nothing medicinal being pictured there. Uh, it's, it's, a rely, it's picturing a prayerful reliance upon uh, the, the effectual working of the Spirit of God uh, in our lives. Uh, call for the pastor and pray, pray, pray. Uh, the, it's implied in this passage that we should consider if the illness is a result not just of the, the curse that causes uh, sin in general, but, but perhaps might be the chastisement of God for some personal sin uh, in my life at this time. Uh, there in, in James 5, the Bible says, the prayer of the faith shall save the sick and the Lord shall raise him up. And if he hath committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. So the implication there is that we ought to, we ought to consider, am I sick because of some sin in my life? And if yes, uh, Lord, help me to confess that and to forsake it, to repent of it, to turn away from it, and leave it behind in, in your strength. And there in verse 16, the Bible says, confess your faults one to another. Pray one for another that ye may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. So we should pray, we should get the pastor to pray, uh, we should ask, request others to pray uh, when we're sick. Prayer, is, uh, illness is an occasion for prayer and, and much prayer. Uh, this coming Wednesday night, we're going to have an online Bible study like we're doing here now. Uh, and then after the uh, YouTube Bible study, uh, we'll go on to Zoom and we'll have a live online prayer time. And we're going to pray for each other. We're going to pray for our, our church. We're going to pray for our nation. We're going to pray for God to work through this trial. And um, we're going to trust God to accomplish what he desires. Paul prayed. He prayed that God would remove the affliction, uh, no doubt humbly, uh, desiring that if that was God's will, uh, that God would do that. Now, I want you to see the Lord's response, and you may be well acquainted with this passage, but please look with me at verse 9. Uh, see God's response to Paul's prayer. Uh, the Bible says here, Paul, Paul records, and he, the Lord, said unto me. Here's the Lord's response to Paul's prayer. He says, my grace... Uh, this is not saving grace here, um, unmerited favor. It's, it's strength, it's power. He says, Paul, my, my grace, my strength, my power, it's sufficient for thee. It's enough for you. He says, for my strength, my power, don't miss this, please. This is really a, a wonderful key to the whole passage. He says, for my strength, my power is made, what? Perfect in weakness. That is a, that's a wonderful, wonderful verse. We really need to spend a minute make sure we have a good hold on this. So Paul's sick. 
He understands God's using it. He prays, uh, Lord, if, if you see fit, take it away. Uh, here's the Lord's answer. It's two parts. He says, first, my, my grace, my strength is, is sufficient. It's enough for you. That is a wonderful truth. It is a great truth. Uh, it was true for Paul, and it remains true for us today. If you're suffering some kind of affliction, a temporary uh, acute illness, a chronic condition, a disability, uh, a vision problem, some, whatever it is, the Lord's grace is sufficient for you. It's a great truth. Bible says in 2 Corinthians 3 and verse 5, not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think anything as of ourselves, but our sufficiency is of God. God promises us what we need, including his strength to endure the trials that he may allow for his good purposes. And a lot of times it's growing us, he, he, spiritually protecting us, for example, from sinful pridefulness. That's a gracious thing. If God knows that we're uh, going to lapse into pride uh, or bragging or glorying in ourself, if he knows that an affliction will uh, encourage us to set that aside, to be humbled, and he allows that, that's a gracious thing. That, that, that is a gracious choice for the Lord uh, in our lives. Uh, Paul was thankful for that. He wasn't angry, he was thankful. He says, God's answer is, uh, it was my grace is sufficient for thee and my strength is made perfect, complete or mature in your weakness. Paul understood that as God allowed a physical affliction to weaken him physically, the Lord was giving him spiritual strength. As his physical strength was being harmed, in a sense, his spiritual strength in the Lord was being grown. As his spiritual strength was being set aside, his strength from the Lord was being increased. God was pouring strength in, into, his, into his life. And evidently, we, we just need that at times. We, we're such a self-reliant people. Uh, our culture speaks to us, uh, uh, this encourages a self-reliance, and certainly that's not an all-negative thing, but uh, when we become spiritually self-reliant, that's a problem. That, that's a problem. Uh, Lord, help us to uh, be thankful for those times when you humble us, when, when, when you would cause our physical strength to be diminished so that our spiritual strength, our reliance upon you, and the strength that we know from you could be grown. Uh, in Colossians 1, Paul says, Wherefore I also labor, striving according to his working, which worketh in me mightily. Paul was absolutely dependent on God working in him. And we're almost done. I want you to see one or two more verses here and we'll be done. So we've seen God's purposes here. We've seen Paul's response to the affliction, praying. We've seen the Lord's response, not going to lift the affliction, but my strength is good. It's, it's enough for you. My power, you'll know my power spiritually in your Weakness physically. Now, Paul has a choice to make now. How's he going to respond to that? He's responded well to the onset of the illness. He's prayed. 
He now has God's answer. By the way, God always answers. He has God's answer from the prayer. What's Paul going to do with the answer? Could get angry. God, how can you allow this? I'm your guy. No, he understands that God's answer is a good answer. It's a loving answer. It's a gracious answer. So Paul responds with the humility that God has intended to impart to him through the trial. God accomplishes what he desires to accomplish. God will accomplish in trials what he intends to accomplish. God did that in Paul's life, and we see it here. Rather than Paul bragging or, or getting angry uh, with God, he determines to glory in his infirmities rather than to pridefully get angry or brag to God. See verse 9, please, and we're almost done. He says, Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory. Glory in the sense of boasting, but perhaps rejoicing. The word can be translated rejoicing also, and is in some places. Most gladly, therefore, will I gl glory, not in how God has used me, in my infirmities, but rather in my infirmities, that or so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. He says, I'm going I'm to rejoice. I'm going I'm to glory and rejoice in my physical affliction that God has allowed so that the power of Christ can be known in my life, so that I can know God's power spiritually rather than perhaps being tempted to rely upon my own strength physically and my own uh, ability to accomplish things. Having been weakened by the trial, I'm going to glory in this, trusting and knowing that the power of God will be known all that much more in my life and in my ministry. In verse 10, he says, Therefore, I take pleasure and infirmities. Remember, James says, count it all joy. Paul says, therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in distresses for Christ's sake. And don't miss this. Uh, here at the end of verse 10, he says, for uh, when I am weak physically, then I am strong spiritually. Paul understood that God was accomplishing his strength in Paul's life through a physical affliction that humbled Paul and perhaps weakened him physically. Paul was blessed at that point with a wonderful strength from the Lord. God accomplished his purpose. See it in verse 11. God's purpose was to humble Paul, to keep him humble so that the focus would remain on Christ Paul was grown spiritually. He was blessed in this. But God's purpose, uh, Paul's humility, was accomplished. See verse 11. Paul says, I am become a fool in glorying. Ye have compelled me, for I ought to have been commended of you. For in nothing am I behind the very chiefest apostles. He knew that he was greatly used of God. Then he says this. Here's the, here's the effect of the trial. He says, though I be, what does it say there? Nothing. That's a wonderful humility in the life of Paul, who had known absolutely tremendous 
privileges spiritually in Christ. So let's stop there. And let's determine this morning prayerfully, seeking the Lord and, and the Lord's strength, that we would respond as Paul has responded to physical trials that we're facing now and be prepared to continue doing so if we may become infected with the coronavirus and develop COVID-19. God can use that greatly in our lives. That's a biblical fact. What's our response going to be? Pray. Call for the pastor. Pray. Put the prayer request out. Pray. But understand that in the midst of a trial, even like that, the Lord's grace is sufficient. His strength is made perfect in our weakness. And be humbled so that God can continue to work in us and through us as he desires. And so that he would be seen as the strength and power in our lives rather than ourselves. Lord, help us. Let's stop there and pray, please. Father, I do thank you this morning for Paul's wonderful example. Father, I thank you this morning that we don't see Paul bragging, despite all the wonderful ways that you used him, despite all the spiritual privileges that he knew. Lord, if, if anyone other than Christ had a, a basis upon which to brag, it was Paul, but he did not. He understood that he was simply chosen by you and used by you. Now, Father, we understand this morning this passage is here because we are tempted to get prideful in our ministry lives. We're tempted to get prideful about uh, what we accomplish, leading people to Christ, discipling people, encouraging people casually, and seeing growth in their lives. Lord, help us to remember this morning that that's you working in us and through us, your people who you created. Father, if you allow physical trials into our lives, Lord, if you allow more physical trials into our lives in the days to come, help us to not be angry, not to question you, but to be obedient, even to count it all joy, knowing that you are working in it and through it. Lord, help us to be prayerful and also mindful of your words trusting that your grace, your strength really is sufficient and that your grace, your strength and power really is made perfect in our weakness. Lord, I thank you so much this morning for these truths. Thank you that our study has brought us to here uh, at a particularly uh, practical time to encounter this chapter. Lord, I thank you for it. I thank you for the power and strength of your words. I pray that we would avail ourselves of them daily, especially now. Lord, I lift up our church this morning, all of our members, all of our guests and visitors, uh, each one who's watching now. Lord, I pray that you would help us to just keep our eyes upon you, to keep our eyes in your words, to keep our minds fixed upon them. Lord, to be people of much prayer. Lord, to be people who would humble ourselves under you. Father, praying for each other and praying for our nation, that our uh, people around us would be humbled, and Lord, that they would be open and receptive to the gospel. Lord, help us to be faithful to share the gospel, 
to get those tracts mailed out, to speak to people on the phone, uh, to send emails, uh, Lord, to reach out however you may have us to do so. And Lord, no matter what, I pray this morning that you help us to remain humble under you. Thank you for being a great God. Thank you for being our God. Thank you for your love, your grace, and your mercy. I pray all of this in Jesus' name.